Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Rocking on. So uh, over on Twitter, over on Twitter, uh, I got a uh, message from Jake. Jake says, uh, hey, Bill, don't forget, we're most likely stuck with Carlson. As arrogant as people think Rodgers is, Goody is right on par. He'll stick with his pick over bringing Crosby back or anyone else, I'm afraid. Well, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. And here's the reason why. Because they got rid of Amari Rodgers. He was a third-round pick, right? Made it, it was here a year. Second year, gone. Don't need him. Cut him loose. You know, there's there's been guys that he's he's cut loose before. I mean, it could happen to Sean Ryan this year. Third-round pick. Got suspended for the PEDs. Has not been overwhelmingly impressive. Like Mike said, he hasn't really lost when it comes to offensive practice, so to speak. Uh, but there, there's nothing dynamic there. So does he you know, find his, his way to the to the scrap heap, you know, as a third-round pick. I mean, it, you know, he has gotten rid of – he has gotten rid of guys before. So I don't know. I uh, When you talk about the arrogance of Brian Gutekinds, if you're arrogant – and you're self-serving and all that kind of stuff. I don't think you hang on to Aaron Rodgers as long as he did. You go with your guy, right? Ted did. So for Goody to kind of put up with everything that Rodgers gave and ultimately pay him the amount of money they paid him, eh, I don't know if I'd go with Aaron I because he swallowed a lot of pride in doing that, having to come down out of the out of the front office to mix and mingle with the guys. So they were looking, I mean, cause Ted never did. And he's a Ted protege. I just wasn't in Ted's game plan to, to become friends, buddies, or pick the brain of players. You know, every now and then Ron Wolf would do it with Brett, but did it more as a friendly discussion rather than an actual advisory capacity. Goody takes a lot of heat. I, it's either you're on it, – it's kind of like a, a really divisive topic. Same thing with Mark Murphy. It's 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 like divisive. There's this one side of the camp that believes it's just total negative and total incompetence. On the other side, people look at it with absolutely, you know, n- no fault, no blame. It's it's all the other side. It, it's, it's really weird. You can't – it's like there's a reality there where the, a lot of that stuff falls in between. Yes, Grant. Well, I was going to say, if Brian Gutekunst had this big ego and it was all about him, do you think he would have stood idly by the last couple of years while he had egg on his face because of things Aaron Rodgers was saying or doing? Like, imagine how many times Goody probably swallowed his tongue and just said, no, Rodgers did this. I'm going to let it be. It's fine. It's better for the team that he's here. I I think Goody and the way that he handled Rodgers the last couple of years is a sign that Goody is, is actually, I don't know, a pretty good GM and doesn't let his emotions get the better of him. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't look at Goody as being arrogant. Um, he, and he's, he's 
have you ever met the guy? He's a pretty cordial, nice guy. I mean, he's 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 not a he's not an arrogant guy at all. As a matter of fact, uh, at least not not I've ever run into. Um, I am looking forward to uh, the Chicago trip. I always do because um, they put the the media in this you know godforsaken awful press box. And uh, for for years now, it's they put you up front, but there's absolutely no room. So I moved to the back where you really can't see the full amount of the field, but you do get a chance to sit with and behind the all the brass of the Packers. You know, it's always great to listen to some thoughts, and they're usually pretty quiet. They don't because they know they're in the in the press box. They don't really listen. They don't really say too much if you're listening to you know regarding the the play of the team or anything like that. There's high fives and such, you know, when things go well. But they don't really – it's not like they're – like back when Ted Phillips was um, with the – you know, and still is with the Bears, when Ted Phillips uh, was the president of the Bears, he would sit in the press box, the old press box at Lambeau Field, and I he would just just scream. I mean, I just – to the point at one point, I had no idea who he was in the beginning. I turned around and said, dude, this is a working press box. Can you just shut up? And then, you know – Brian Noble leads over because Ted Phillips, he's a president, president of the Bears. I'm like, I don't care. The guy's being a jerk, man. So, and he was just, he was calling everybody names. So if you're, if you're a writer for the Chicago Tribune or something at, at the time, you're like, okay, thank you, Ted Phillips, because you could just write it down and say, you know, now that you're not going to quote him, but you can say, yeah, they're not pretty high on this guy. You know, it is what it is. But, yeah, the Packers brass don't say too much. But every time, like, you know, Goody and Mark Murphy and Russ Ball and all those guys sit right there in front of you, they're, they're the first ones to come over and say, hey, how you doing? How, how are things going? How you been? I listen to the show. I, you know, we hear you this. We hear that. Whatever. So they're, I don't think they're too arrogant when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. Matt LaFleur at the podium just a little while ago, just before the Green Bay Packers and the Patriots went off to have a joint. By the way, Mac Jones just tossed a touchdown pass against the secondary of the Green Bay Packers. Thought I'd throw that out there for you. But uh, before they went out to the practice field, this is what Matt LaFleur had to say. It's a big number. Is there anything on your coaching staff that just gets kind of complicated in the one-on-one with you know, guys at the bottom? Working with them, and, and, you know, does, this gets to be a complex thing to put on as a coaching staff or as a team? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. As long as there's good communication and dialogue, and uh, I just think there's so many, so many benefits to this. Just getting different looks, uh, both sides of the ball, really, and then just the competition and on the special teams period, that was outstanding. So I thought it was a great day of work. Certainly, a lot of things to learn from, both positively and negatively, and. I'm sure both teams will make adjustments, and we'll have another great day today. In that regard, future down the road next year, would you like to do two two sets of joint practices again, the way you have this year? Most likely, yeah. I, I just think there's so much to get out of it, and um, so especially when you're going against people that you know or respect, and how they how they go about their business and their oper- run their operation. I think that there's just so much good out of it. Brooks and Wooden on that on D-line so far. Yeah, both those guys have done a really nice job, and they got to continue to stack that. And they're obviously young players, uh, but I think they've provided a spark in terms of some internal pass rush that, you know, uh, we're definitely going to need. And I think that's the name of the game 
uh, in this league in terms of if you can get teams into those passing situations and get pressure on the quarterback, you got a much better chance of having success defensively. Matt, you mentioned yesterday that you and Jordan and the offense had no idea what was coming as far as what the defense was going to be calling. How do you think Jordan handled it? How do you think he kind of responded in that situation? Yeah, I thought he did a, uh, a really good job. I thought he, really all the quarterbacks did because um, Sean had a, a situation. I, I think New England does an outstanding job of disguising coverage. Um, many times they're going to present you with a look that looks like it's going to be zero pressure um, or all-out pressure. And so that, that can be a little unnerving, especially in, when it's in some of those third-down situations that are a little bit longer where they're, they're going to try to make you get the ball out of your hand faster than you'd like to. Um, and shoot, Sean had one in, in, in the two-minute situation where he max pr protected and it was all out. But they do such a great job of presenting that look and then bluffing out of it and playing coverage and that's the last thing you want to do is have a seven-man protection only getting three out in the route and they've got you know seven guys in coverage so um it's just i thought it was it was really beneficial uh for for our guys to see those different looks and you know experience something new with uh with Luke, you found some obviously some creative ways to get him the football. Um, this time of year, is it because you pinpointed him as a guy who's going to be a difference maker for you, or is it just a mere matter of experimenting to see what he can and can't do? I think all of the above. I think we're still trying to figure out all these guys, and you're going to try to put them into maybe some uncomfortable situations to really push the limit and try to get the most out of them. So uh, I, I do think he's got a, a really unique skill set, and the fact that he can he can really run and. Um, so we're going to keep on pushing it. So I'm, I'm sticking with Luke. Um, you've talked a million times about the challenges of that position because there's so much to learn, and the rookie history suggests that it is a tough position to learn. So do you have to kind of tamp the brakes a little bit, or is it just full speed ahead until you know that you can't? I would say it, it's that approach. I mean, we're going to throw as much at him until we're like, all right, that's that's probably too much. And right now he's he's doing a great job of of being able to handle it and. Um, so we're going to keep pushing them. Are you more inclined to play Jordan this week or next week? I don't know yet. I'll let you know after today, Rob. Is that a Dave going today? I believe Dave is going today. Is that, oh, cool. oh, good. Uh, last year, kind of when he came back from the high ankle sprain, Romeo seemed to not struggle, but like it was a challenge getting off the line when teams were pressing him, like kind of back end of the year really seems like he's improved so far in that regard. Is that something that, you know, you guys had him working on? Was that just his natural progression? Yeah, I think all the, that, I mean, that's kind of a prerequisite of playing that position. Um, and you are going to get challenged in this league. And I think anytime you have a setback, sometimes it is hard to kind of get going again, especially when it's mid-season like that or, or late into the season. Um, but he's a guy that has that ability had it in college he does a really good job when he when he uses his technique and gets his feet in the ground he is very tough to jam on the line of scrimmage and so uh, i think it's just a conscious approach that you can never take it for granted and you got to play every play and be totally a hundred percent like focused on that moment and have a plan on going up uh, to the line of scrimmage and also studying your opponents and knowing how they want to play. Is, is this 
going to be a guy that's going to try to quick jam me? Is he going to play flat on the line of scrimmage? Is he going to inch off the line of scrimmage? So that's something that we always, as coaches, try to provide that information to our players, but also expect our players to do to study film on their own. And again, it was good to get, go against some other guys uh, yesterday, and there were a couple instances where they were trying to quick jam and gave us some different looks that we haven't seen. So it was really good. Think of um, Clifford's decision to go deep on the last play of two men. So did he score? And then, I mean, even if he didn't, what what's the risk reward? Well, I think that was, it provided some really good conversation in terms of number one. I think he was out of bounds, um, you, you, but at the, like the half yard line, it looked like his hand touched before his knee. Um, so, but in a re real game, hopefully we don't have everybody coming off the bench, uh, so we can go clock the ball. And but that is that's a that, that was a great situation to be in in terms of if you don't score there, you're going to be, you know, pressed against the clock in order to get the the ball clocked on the half yard line. Matt, how has the operation been in front of Anders from long snapper to holder? And then on that kick that just got knocked down by the wind yesterday, was that just wind or was there a mishit there? I'm assuming it's a mishit because he's got a big-time leg, and we know that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think f for the most part the operation's been pretty solid. Talking to guys like Jade Reed and Anthony Johnson last few days, they've talked about how good they feel about the playbook. I guess just speaking of the rookies as a whole, are they where they, where they need to be mentally? Are they ahead of maybe where the typical group is? Is there any measurement there? I mean, it's, it's tough to tell. Uh, just I'll have a better indication as we go longer together. But I think as far as what we've asked them to do up to this point, and I, I also think that training camp typically is the toughest time because your playbook is wide open. And when we get into game weeks, it's very specific. You have more time to prepare for it um, in terms of just you've got all week. You're repping it on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday to go out there and perform it on Sunday. So whereas in training camp, we might, like this morning, throw in a few plays at them. And that's the first time. It's not the first time they've necessarily heard the concept, but it might be formation to where um, – Structured a little bit differently. We'll see. He's going to go through Indy for sure, and then we'll, we'll make a determination after that. How did you feel about the play of the defensive front yesterday? It looked like they were able to generate a lot of pressure. The defensive front. Yeah, uh, you know, it was. Are you talking about our defense? Yes. Yeah, our defense did an outstanding job of, of winning their one on ones when they got them. Um, sometimes guys were splitting double teams, so I thought I thought the the pressure on the quarterback was pretty consistent, so I was pleased with that. I think from an offensive standpoint, um, like I said earlier, the Patriots do a really good job of giving you a lot of different looks, and they use personnel in a very unique way um, in terms of moving guys around. And I mean, one one play, the guy might be a linebacker, and the next play might be lined up over over a guard as as like a three technique or on the edge. And um, there was definitely some communication bus that we had up front where they were able to generate pressure and, and I think it's one of the better fronts in the league. Um, is there any comparison to where Lucas Van Ness is compared to like where Rashawn Gary was both kind of coming and playing somewhat different positions 
here and having that learning curve trying to get ready? Well, I mean, they're playing, they're playing the same position. It's just how do you use them within that position? So, um, yeah, it's... I'll be honest with you, that first year was a, a whirlwind. So to go back and, and try to think about that, um, you know, I, I do think Lucas is coming along and, it, you know, everybody comes along at their own at their own pace. And um, but he's a guy that he comes to work every day with the right mentality and attitude. And, you know, you're going to get 100 percent of what he has to give. And so we're going to keep pushing him to be able to go out there and contribute for us. Shot that Jordan took to Christian Watson that's 75 yards when Christian came across the field yesterday. Jordan said it was the first time y'all have had success with that build post this year. Why is that difficult? Is that sort of indicative just of his progress, too? Well, I think the further you throw the ball down the field, naturally, the lower the completion percentage. And that's just that's just football. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was good to see him do that. I think he's done a better job of putting air under the ball, allowing our receivers. We've got, we've got some pretty good speed, allow, allowing those guys time to adjust down the field. And there's still, we're still a work in progress because we missed a few other throws that, I mean, he had one to Rome that was close. He had another one where uh, he tried to throw kind of a, uh, more of a line, line drive uh, go ball to Christian. And we gotta, we gotta get everybody on the same page on that in terms of when you look, when you don't look. Um, so there's still a lot of room for improvement there, but I, I was pleased with that play for sure. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur at the podium a little while ago. Interesting because the question there at the end, which I think is a legitimate question, is like, look, you have not had a lot of success uh, at this particular end of the field. It's been deep ball passes. Christian Watson and uh, Jordan Love, uh, you know, what's the problem? And he said, well, the further down the field you go, the less the completion percentage, you know, that's football. That's true. And I'm, I agree with that. But you got to have, I mean, the insinuation is like, look, coach, you brought in Christian Watson to be a deep threat. They're not connecting. What's the problem? Because you have to have a deep threat in the National Football League. And they don't right now. So you got a guy that can certainly burn uh, secondary, but your quarterback is not connecting with him. Why is that? And I think it's a legitimate question. Now, sometimes it's just a matter of figuring out how far and high you can throw it to where how fast and how far and how high that you know Christian Watson can jump to get it. So sometimes it's just you know, hey, once the timing comes around, they'll be okay. But I, it's it's a very legitimate question. It it really is. 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, give us a shout, feel free to go ahead and do so. Hey, uh, I got a hold of Bob today. He's uh, the owner of the Northern Lights event venue and had a great night last night. They're going to do some Packer Party Watch stuff coming up here as the season gets underway. The patio, the outdoor walk is going to be open, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But if you, uh, say, have a business dinner that you're looking to plan, maybe a wedding, a rehearsal dinner, photo shoots and business events, whatever it may be, they have got the ability for you to do that. Go to Northern Lights Event. The place is beautiful. And it's just this hidden gem sitting there and, and businesses and small businesses and such. Nobody knows how to utilize this thing. And, and they can help you out. It's, it's really cool. So if you want to, say, do a dinner with your senior executive committee and you want to do a photo shoot where everybody gets their pictures taken, you can do it all in the same venue. 
it's it's really cool. Go to northernlightseventvenue.com. That's northernlightseventvenue.com. And see for yourself what I'm talking about. Don't forget on Wednesday nights, they got some live music outside on the Riverwalk right there on the Milwaukee River. It's a beautiful place next to the Screaming Tuna. northernlightseventvenue.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. of the program, by the way, brought to you by, uh, over there, our good friends at Veterans America. Veterans America. Uh, James Mercado and the gang are, are great. They really work with veterans when it comes to first-time buyer, uh, homeowners that want to refi. If you want to get out of uh, a mortgage from another company, they really work with you. And uh, if you have not tried them, you really should uh, because they believe in owning the land that you've defended. That is Veterans America. Call James, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. That's James Mercado and the gang over there at Veterans America. Veterans America, great people, really, really, really good. And, by the way, uh, one, of our, uh, one of our proud sponsors for the uh, motorcycle ride, they are uh, the co-sponsor of the stage for the after party for uh, the Cheap Shot. So thanks to, uh, thanks to them for stepping up and doing that as well. Um, oh, boy, uh, Jason says, I can't wait for Rich Basaccia to do his special teams press conference, right? I'm looking forward to that. I really am. I 100% agree with you. That will be, that will be out of, you know, offensive coordinator, you know, eh, you know, we know it's Matt LaFleur. Defensive coordinator, we always anticipate Joe Barry. You know, the ever mired in denial, Joe Barry. No, no, we don't need to tackle. We don't hit during the regular season. We don't need this. We don't need that. We don't need to do this. We don't need to be aggressive. We don't need this. Here's the reason why. But Rich Passaccia is kind of a no-nonsense kind of guy. Not a fan of press conferences, but, you know, it's going to be, you know, hey, Rich, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, camp is moving along, blah, blah, blah. And then he's going to say, hey, Rich, how about your kicker? And then you wait and see what the answers are going to be. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, the Jason says the Jordan Love Aaron Rodgers issue and even the 2020 draft for some of you is just as polarizing as the Gutekunst ordeal, in my opinion. I look at in in I've I've said that when, when you talk about Brian Gutekunst, I've said this before. And I think it I, I think it holds true. Ryan Gutekinds his first couple of years after Ted had left. Okay. When you look at some of the picks, you've got Jair Alexander. Go back to two thousand and eight. Jair. 
2019, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, and Elton Jenkins. Let me run through these names. Josh Jackson, Oren Burks, Jamon Moore, Cole Madison, J.K. Scott, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, James Looney, Hunter Bradley, Kendall Donerson, um, Jace Sternberger, Kingsley Kiki, Kadar Holman, Dexter Williams, and Ty Summers. All of those names are no longer with the team. You have a total of four players between the 2018 and 2019 draft. Okay? So the first two drafts, even though J.K. Scott was here a little while and did perform at times, and you had you know MVS and Equinemius St. Brown, both guys did perform. They just didn't get that second contract here. But that's all you have left. After that, you got Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, um, John Runyon, Jake Hansen still here. Um, the next year, Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, um, Royce Newman, T.J. Slayton, Shamar Jean Charles. Um, the year after that, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Christian Watt, and you go on from there. After that, the drafts have been better. They've been better. The personnel acquired, go back to the the Smith brothers, Amari Rogers, Devondre Campbell. They've all been better. They've all been better. All those moves have in some way, shape, or form helped this team. Okay, have they been spectacular? No. But they've been solid moves. Okay? Uh, They've been more positive than negative. Right? Um... So I think overall, you'd have to say Goody's done a pretty good job. What he's going to be known for, and I've said it time and again, is the Jordan Love pick. Trading up a couple of spots from 28 to 26 to get Jordan Love when really what you needed was some wideouts. You needed some additional help. And for whatever you want to believe, it was maybe a little bit of lack of communication you know, with with Goody and Devontae Adams that soured him on the organization, but really their their hands were tied until they got their deals done with Rodgers. And, you know, Rodgers is all about the team and taking cuts and putting great personnel around him right now. Why wasn't he then? Because it was all anger and, you know, issues and hurt feelings over the Jordan Love pick. So... You want to blame Goody because maybe you're an Aaron Rodgers fan. I understand that. But you got to look at it for what it is. You know what? Goody comes down out of the tower, and he says, Devontae, come here. Hey, I really want to sign you. I want to keep you. We know what you're worth. We know you got money coming your way, and we want to pay it. But we don't know what we have until we deal with 12. So while we really want to sign you, we just we, we want to be able to talk to you. We just, you know, here, here, give us a number. Okay, well, this is a big number. Okay. We just don't know if we can do it because we don't know what we have. And here's what we have to do. Okay. If those frank conversations take place, man-to-man, straight up, okay. Maybe they didn't do that. Most likely they didn't do, they didn't do that. But you had to deal with 12 first before you got 17 done. And by the time you got done with 12, remember, uh, it's not it's not 50 million. It's not 150. That's 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 not true. That's not true. It turned out to be exactly that. 
So I, I don't I don't sit here on the anti-Gudekinst bandwagon and bash him for his hands being tied by by the quarterback. Could could it be handled overall differently? Absolutely. But his legacy is tied to Jordan Love to from now moving forward to see how this organization is going to be run, is going to be fortified. That's it. 877-867-1670, I, I think that, that that's a reality. It wasn't all one-sided. It wasn't all Aaron Rodgers either. You know, Rodgers had some things to, to hash out and to complain about, and he had every right to do that. And some of the stuff that he said made a lot of sense. I agreed with him. Didn't agree with the way you kind of go about it and the grudges you hold. But, you know, it is what it is. 877-867-1670. Merlin, you are going to come at me all day long because you hate Gutekinst. And you say, was it, was it, uh, Goody is the one who gave Rodgers the big contract. Was that wise? Hindsight, no. But at the time, Rodgers said he was going to be here for the remainder of his career, right? When everybody else is getting paid the money? No, but I said all along, suppose he didn't. Suppose suppose Gudekins did exactly what I said. Put a check on a table. Here you go. Aaron, fill it out. Fill it out. We're going to give you whatever you want. Fill it out. And remember, whatever you take, we can't spend for anybody else. And that's what Rodgers took. He's, he, he's the best quarterback in the league. He's coming off back-to-back MVPs. Was it wise? Hell yeah, it was wise. He, he gave you the best shot to win. Who knows? Who knew that the chip on the shoulder was so incredibly sullied that it wasn't going to work out? And he was going to go into this darkness retreat and crap in a bucket and come out and go, I need to go to New York. Yeah, come on. And then take offense to phone calls being made. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Hey, our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort, great place, Pembine, Wisconsin. A lot of history there, a little spookism there when it comes to uh, some of the hauntings and stuff. Uh, but also a great place to go if you want to take your UTV, your ATV, take the family. Uh, you can take them up there. You can go play some golf in the nine-hole executive, do a little fishing, a little pontooning. Maybe you just want to relax. The Diamond Room, great place to eat. They've got the Upstairs Lounge, which is an awesome bar. The, the Boundary Water Sports Bar and Grill is just fun. It's just a great place to go. Snowmobiling in the wintertime, UTVs, ATVs in the summertime. Head over to the Pine Mountain Resort, do a little skiing over there. Head to Timberstone Championship Golf Course, which is beautiful. Go there. Plenty of things to do. Check it out. Four Seasons Island Resort. Call our girl Barb. Either place. Barb, 715-938-5110. Use the promo code MICHAELS15. 715-938-5110. 715-938-5110. Call Barb. Say we heard it here, and uh, she'll give you 15% off your stay. It's that simple. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you back. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Bill Michael's show is what you're listening to. And uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friend last night. I told you I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I got uh, outside last night, was grilling a little bit, hanging out in the uh, the patio furniture by our friends at Master Z's and uh, relaxing, working on the computer. And it worked there until it got dark. And uh, finally came inside. After that, flipped off the uh, <laughs> flipped off the, uh, the the Brewers game. After that, got ugly. Uh, couldn't couldn't do that anymore. So uh, anyway, uh, long story short, I uh, you know checked that out for a little while and came inside, but enjoyed my night out on the patio. And uh, might even do it again tonight. Actually, uh, I'm going to go down to the Harley Davidson Museum for a little bit tonight and check out some of the music. They have bike night down there tonight, but uh, back out on the patio, our friends at Master Z's are the ones where I got my patio furniture, some of the Adirondack chairs that I have over around the fire pit. Um, But they still have, look, if you're going to be doing the fire pits, wood fire pits, gas-burning fire pits, grills and grill accessories, they have it all and some great deals right now because here comes all the gaming uh, indoor stuff, pool tables, shuffle boards, table games, dart dart boards and stuff for the indoors for the uh, winter months. So they're getting rid of the summer month stuff. So if you're looking for a deal, call them, 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931. That's Master Z's on Blue Mound Road in Brookfield, and their quality is second to none, which is why so many people come from all over the state of Wisconsin to get this stuff. Um, Phil says, by the way, the uh, Brewers game last night, so frustrating. Brewers hit the ball hard, but right at them for at outs and a little flare and infield hits. Would fall for the Dodgers, but you uh, have to get more than one run no matter who you are playing. So 100% agree. 877-867-1670. Kevin, uh, or nope, Kevin dropped. Dan, listening to us in Green Bay. Dan, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm doing great. Hey, uh, I wanted to thank you for your take on Gutenkust. I am so sick and tired of hearing Packer fans complain about him, calling him this or that or arrogant. And I'm sorry that he's not sullen like like Ted could be at times, and and I have no problem with either style. Uh, the fact I think people think the fact that he smiles during his press conferences and seems, you know, confident, they take that as arrogance. And I don't see it that way at all. I think he's very grounded, like you said. I mean, people well, look look how much he had to suck it up during the Roger situation, right? Mm-hmm, right. Um, yeah. And now, and to your other point um, about only four players being left from 2018, 2019. I don't think that's that unusual in the NFL. Um, you know, I mean, especially when you're drafting later in each round. But, but what's your take on that? Um, only having four guys left, it's hard when you say you're going to build through the draft when in two years you only pick up four guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get it. I completely understand where you're coming from. But what I will say to the positive side is, first of all, it takes you a while when you become the general. When you were like the lead scout, and you get it, you understand how the process goes, but when you're the guy sitting in the chair and then you're moving somebody up into the lead scouting role and then everybody has to adjust, it takes you a little while. Nobody, you know, you may be the best widget maker on the floor, but once you're you're told, hey, by the way, you're going to manage all the other widget makers, you know, it's different. 
being in management and being the general manager and responsible for everything rather than just going out and finding some talent and then doing some recommendations and letting the general manager take the heat. It's different. So it takes people a while. So the first two years, is it unreasonable? No. But if you're going to say we're going to build through the draft, which is what your mo- you know modus operandi has always been, then you got to hit on more than four, just four guys. However, what he did was he said, look, these guys aren't working, and he went out and supplemented. He went out and found Devondre Campbell yeah. and the Smith brothers and such. So I, I appreciate that, which is why when people say, oh, he's going to hang on to a guy too long. No, he's actually proven that you take a third-round draft pick like Amari Rogers, usually – General managers will hold on to them like grim death, and he didn't. You take a guy like Jordan Love. This is your guy. You gave him a two-year deal. Jordan Love could have said, no, you either pay me or trade me. And he just said, here, we'll give you a deal. We'll front-load it. And that way, if if you're not that good and you're not what I expected you to be, we can still get rid of you. So he still has that possibility rather than hanging on to him like grim death. So everything he's done, I kind of understand and appreciate, but I look at it as a big picture rather than just, hey, this guy blew this, so he sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, do you, do you think that one of the best things he may have done is bring in Mills Hendrickson from Baltimore, his buddy? Yes, absolutely. I put it, put it this way: any, any, anybody that you trust, that you can evaluate talent with, that you understand, maybe you're on the same wavelength of what it is you're looking for. When you start looking at guys like that uh, in other organizations that have had success and have player personnel experience and such, absolutely. Look at when Ken Dor- or look at when uh, Dorsey left. And Dor- Dorsey ended up going down to Kansas City, and he took some guys with him. And then when he went over to Cleveland, he took guys with him. And believe it or not, he actually put talent in those franchises. It was just yeah. that, you know, between the front office and such, it didn't work out. But he took those guys that he trusted with him, and look what they ended up doing. They're the guys that ended up putting a lot of talent around Patrick Mahomes and started to build some talent and decent things over there in Cleveland until that idiot decided to put a an accountant in place as the general manager. I mean, so, yes, I I 100% agree. All right. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you taking my call. All right, bud. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-167. And that wraps it up. They just uh, concluded the practice a little while ago between the Packers and the Patriots and uh, the both teams gathering on the field, saying the prayers, listening to the coaches. Now it's off to the locker rooms. So there you have it. But uh, they wrapped up today's joint practice as well between the uh, Patriots and the Packers. So just wrapped up, just finished. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, a couple of things in the world of golf. One, a U.S. senator demanding that the, uh, the governor of Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, the Financial Foundation for Live, comply with a congressional request for testimony and information. They're looking for some things going on over there on the Live Golf Tour that uh, the uh, court, or at least the Senate, does not feel is copacetic. Also, uh, I don't know if you happen to see this, but Phil Mickelson, uh, he and a longtime friend basically have uh, you know ended their friendship over some testimony uh, in some of the you know uh, insider trading deals that have gone on, and Phil Mickelson monetarily has been accused of numerous things. Uh, including everything from insider trading and some tax evasion. But in this book that just came out, Phil Mickelson, the book claims, now I don't know how true this is and I don't know what his finances are, but the book claims that Phil Mickelson has a a serious gambling problem and has claimed that he has bet over a billion dollars in the last couple of years. A billion dollars. 
dollars. It's only a problem if you start to run out of money, Bill. Look at it that there way. You go. That's probably they what Phil Mickelson say, would tell you, too. They also say that's one of the reasons he has completely wrapped his lips so tightly and firmly around the asses of the Saudis because they're paying the man. But uh, the book claims that uh, they have the information that he has bet over a billion dollars, which makes Michael Jordan's betting look rather minimal <laughs> for his epic bets over the years. Uh, but they say Phil Mickelson has bet over a billion dollars. So anyway, that uh, that is going on in the world. Two, two pieces of news coming out of the world of golf today. Um, so anyway, uh, let's do this. Uh, woefully late for a break. We'll take a quick one. We'll come back. Got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. on that Al Capone roast, face first, electric chair. It was awesome. <laughs> Spread a little bit of that on there. Oh, it was so, so good. Good stuff. Hey, if uh, you want to support a veteran-owned company based right here in the state of Wisconsin, go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Good stuff. Um, Mike Clemens called us earlier today, and unless Mike gives us a buzz back, uh, we're going to take a listen to that conversation coming up here in a little bit uh, after we get past the top of the hour. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Um, this is from uh, Jack who says, uh, hey, Bill, I think that Brian Gutekinds has been a fair general manager at best. Uh, I think the fiasco with Aaron Rodgers pretty much has sullied his name. That's from Jack. Jack, um, by the way, Jack listening us, uh, to us in the Dells. Um, it depends on what side you look at. You know what I mean? Uh, when you say sullied his name, I mean, how? You know? It, and I don't want to, I don't want to rehash all of this crap. I just don't. I, but but it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't take any crap. He called out Rogers for his BS after the fact. He got a, a terrific, what most people believe to be a draft haul for for Aaron Rodgers and for Devontae Adams. He made the best out of some really tough situations. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's the perspective with which you look at it, but. Got more to come. More to come. Stay tuned. Bill Michael Show continues right after this.